Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Bell Knows Best. I'm your host, Bell, and today we'll be diving into the depths of the human experience, exploring the intricacies of trauma in therapy. Buckle up for today's episode of Navigating the Shadows, A Journey Through Trauma. It's interesting when I ask clients when they come into my office for the first time and we sit down and I go through the intake questions and I ask them, tell me a little bit about your childhood. And I would say eight out of ten people will sit there and look me dead in the eyes and go, I had a really good childhood which for me is questionable because what I know about trauma is that it does not discriminate. And although we may have childhoods that were full of love and care and consistency, all your needs cannot possibly be met in every single household. It's just not possible. Whether your needs weren't met with physical contact or a parent that wasn't present or financially or at school perhaps, you were bullied. Every single child is going to have a different response in their family system and grow up to have different responses to trauma. When we look at trauma, we look at it in two different aspects, big traumas and little traumas. And every trauma that we go through, we break down into those two different categories. I'm going to give you an example of something that is really relatable for everybody, which is childbirth. You've either been born into this world, you are going to give birth, or you have given birth, or you are the support person supporting your partner or friend through the birthing experience. So I specialize in perinatal trauma which is pre and postnatal trauma. And I work with women and we unpack our births. We actually go back and look at our births, how we were born into the world and how patterns might have reoccurred and how that then plays out in the attachment with our child and the attachment with ourself. But I'm picking this particular topic to unpack just a little bit here because there are quite a lot of traumatic experiences in childbirth, whether we're aware of it or not. Complications during childbirth could be an ex- emergency caesarean section, the, the loss of a child, a traumatic birth experience that just didn't go to plan. It wasn't in your birth plan. Medical interventions against one's wishes. I know that personally happened to me. My daughter was not coming out. She decided that she was far too cozy and far too warm at 40 weeks. And the doctors decided that they would intervene, although I did not want to do that. I remember a nurse coming into the hospital room and trying to take my blood because she said, if we have to rush you in for an emergency C-section, then we need to make sure what blood type you have and started to take my try to take my blood and you know what that at the time I thought oh they know they know what's right for me that's what's happening but I did feel really upset and quite fearful in that experience 
Luckily, though, I had my mum there during that labouring process and, and she intervened. She had the foresight at the time and she said, hey, 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 what's going on here? What is happening? And the nurse had said to her, oh, I need to take the blood. And she said, <laughs> no, you're not. So these kind of experiences in hindsight and when I did all my own work on my own birth and my birth did not go to plan with my daughter, um, it's a traumatic experience. Trauma is any experience that you did not know how to process, how to feel about it, how to think about it, or now what to do about it. So in this childbirth space, we have lack of emotional support during childbirth. We have difficulties bonding with the newborn child, feelings of powerlessness during childbirth, postpartum delivery or anxiety. These are all examples of trauma association in birth and big traumas and little traumas. Little trauma might be that you just didn't get any support in the hospital. So inside of every category, we have big and little traumas. I'm going to talk about a few different examples now of emotional traumatic experiences that you may not be aware of. Emotional neglect is actually a, a traumatic experience. So if your needs weren't met, if you were that kid that was like, hey, mum, look, 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 look and your mum never looked at you, or she was like, yes, honey, but not present with you, you started to believe and and come up with a belief system unconsciously that I'm not important. And over time, that belief system becomes stronger and stronger. So if our needs weren't met by our, in our family, that's emotional trauma, childhood abuse. Obviously, we can have different levels of the trauma, but witnessing a violence, loss of a loved one, bullying, divorce or separation, parental substance abuse, abandonment, witnessing a traumatic event, racial or ethnic discrimination, cyberbullying, workplace harassment, is just starting a new job when you're little, not having any money, chronic community violence, verbal abuse, emotional manipulation, stalking, religious trauma, cult involvement, discrimination, forced to be separated from your pet or a loved one. You know, these are all emotional trauma. There's no physical trauma around this, but it's emotional trauma. People generally come to me when they want to work out a physical traumatic experience. Generally speaking, it's a car accident. It's a physical assault, whether it's DV or some sort of accident that's happened as a result of being physically violent with somebody else. Um, I've had people who have come because they've had life-threatening illnesses because it's a, that emotional roller coaster. 
of a you know a significant health scare really so they're they're now focusing on their health and well-being and that's a physical trauma whether it's you know some sort of cancer or heart attack or surgery that they needed and then they needed to come and talk about it or or work through it unfortunately the highest type of traumatic experience that I work through is sexual assault um, and that is probably the most common experience traumatic physical traumatic experience and unfortunately most of the cases that I work through it is childhood sexual assault and it's repressed emotion so it starts to come out in their body physically and they can't manage it or they can't manage themselves and they get to the point where they need help and often look up how can I help myself I come up on Google we look at the EMDR therapy and we start working through it physically all of our trauma at some point is going to come out sideways whether it's emotional or physical it is in our body and the brain and the body remember what it is so I also work with EMDR therapy and EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing but it's commonly called EMDR this is a therapeutic technique and it it's it's pretty damn cool it got really popular actually when Prince Harry started to do EMDR and he went out and said to the world I'm doing all of this therapy work it's called EMDR and then I started have, having people call up my office Prince Harry's doing EMDR can I do EMDR absolutely so EMDR I'll give you a little bit of a rundown if you're interested on it it's um it was developed in the late uh, 1980s and it's recognized as a structural eight-phase psychotherapy approached approach for people and it's based on helping people heal from their emotional distress and negative beliefs associated with those traumatic memories so the process involves the therapist moi guiding my client through a set of bilateral stimulation and it's often in the form of side to side eye movements taps sounds and it's a rhythmic left right stimulation so it's to you're mimicking the natural process of the rapid eye movement the REM sleep where our bride our brains consolidate memories and process emotions so EMDR works by accessing and processing traumatic memories that may be stuck in the brain due to an overwhelming experience and then that bilateral simulation so if you imagine getting your arms and crossing your left arm to your right shoulder and your right arm I'm actually doing this as I speak your right arm to your left shoulder and then you're going to tap tap to side tap 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 so that's actually bilateral stimulation and you know when this starts to develop it starts to develop when you're a baby so when you go through the crawling phase you're actually using your arms and your legs to start to stimulate that bilateral stimulation but the bilateral stimulation helps the brain reprocess these memories and it allows my client to be able to integrate them into a more adaptive and less distressing way so you're taking a memory and you're reprocessing in a different part of the brain so you know it's happened this is the way my clients describe it to me is actually I'll give you an example of one client described to me in such a beautiful way she said 
you know, Belle, before I did EMDR therapy with you, I felt like I was in this really action-packed movie. This particular client was in a car accident. I felt like I was in the movie and it was loud. I was, it just kept replaying this car accident and I was inside the movie. After I'd done this EMDR therapy with you, I felt like I was outside of the movie, in the movie cinema, with my popcorn, watching the movie on the screen in one of the chairs. And I had the option to walk out whenever I wanted. Oh, isn't that just a beautiful analogy? And imagine having and being, you know, going through something so traumatic but being able to stop and look at it. EMDR doesn't take away the memory. And I think people confuse it and go, oh, this is just, you know, how could you forget? Well, you don't. But you become less emotionally charged and less triggered by what had happened. You know what's happened, but your brain and your body respond in a different way that goes, this happened to me, but it doesn't affect me in the same way. I can now function. I can now get back into a car. I can now drive past that you know, particular street where that car accident had happened, right? So as you know, I absolutely love Dr. Bessel van der Kolk and I've mentioned one of his books before, which is The Body Keeps Score. Get yourself a copy if you haven't already. But he says that EMDR can help a person remove the negative self-beliefs that reinforce feelings of powerlessness. So anytime we're in an experience that we feel powerlessness, in we can use EMDR to get gain and bring back our power and one of the strengths of EMDR is that we can actually personalize it to the each individual's unique experience and needs so I actually had a really beautiful experience last week I went into a beautiful um, wine country town called Orange here in New South Wales and I got to experience a really special experience which was an ego state EMDR conference and it was pretty incredible um, to go there and be able to see the incredible Robin Shapiro who has had such an influence in EMDR and if you're listening to this and you're like I love EMDR and you know Robin Shapiro I was absolutely fangirling I was sitting up at the front of the chairs so that I could get there. I would get there in the morning and put my stuff out and then go and get a coffee so I could get front row. I'm that person because I wanted the eye contact. I wanted the connection and it was incredible to be able to be with such a pioneer in my industry, you know, that um, could give me such amazing guidance. And what's really cool is that we got to use some of these amazing protocols in brand new protocols that we're learning with EMDR. Um, so it was unbelievable. But EMDR is, you know, fundamentally the gold standard trauma treatment of the world. Um, and if you are thinking about EMDR or you are thinking, oh my goodness, I have an experience that I went through and it just rattles me. Then reach out to me. Book in a session. Absolutely guarantee that by the time you walk out of that, the experience is not going to feel the same. EMDR is super duper powerful. I'm going to give you 10 examples of big traumas and 10 examples of little traumas. 
just so you can start to get the gist of what a big trauma is and what a little trauma is. And then you can realize that they're actually really quite relevant to most people. And whether we have experienced it or we know someone who has experienced it and we have had perhaps vicarial trauma through that as well, uh, we've experienced it through them. First experience of a big trauma, number one, natural disasters. So if you've been through an earthquake, a hurricane, floods, fires, I know I have. We went through several big fires where I was living at the time and the floods, having to get the animals out to dry land. We had to pack a bag and within 30 minutes we had to get in the car you know, one of the natural disasters we had was with the floods was getting in our cars and driving out and driving the cars through the flooding. And we lost one of the cars. You know, it was a very big experience for me and my family and my community. So having community experiences around trauma, it's a big one too. Going to war or any sort of like combat experience. So any veterans exposed to intense combat situations, if you have someone in your family system who went to war. Uh, Violent assault, so physical or sexual assault. Um, Child abuse, physical, emotional, sexual abuse during childhood. Any sort of major accident. So car accidents, you know, resulting in severe injuries or loss of life or being in in a car accident where someone might have passed away, any sort of life-threatening illness, battling with a severe illness or medical condition, being born with a medical condition, uh, any sort of a terrorist attack, so witnessing or surviving any attack, kidnapping, being abducted and held against one's will, any sort of mass shooting, surviving or witnessing a mass shooting event. And number 10, severe neglect. So persistent and extreme neglect, especially during childhood. These are examples of big traumas. These are traumas that most people would say that was traumatic. You know, they those, that person had a really big trauma and, you know, they need help. But when we look at the little traumas, which still have the same impact on the body and the brain as a big trauma, People don't normally recognize this, some of these as trauma and they don't do anything about it or they don't do therapy about it because they think, well, it's not that bad and it, you know, it really does this happen to everyone. Um, so just guess, guess i got to just get on with it. But number one is bullying. So persistent verbal or social aggression or if you've been bullied in your family system by a parent, a sibling, constantly and repetitively that is a traumatic experience a loss of a pet so losing a beloved animal companion this is a person this is a animal sorry that is part of your attachment and if you lose them that is a traumatic experience a friendship breakup so losing a close friend or confident i had a client the other day recently who had several friends in their life who just stopped talking to them and we had to EMDR that and process why that was happening and why the pattern was that this person's friends kept leaving them. Um, Academic struggles, so repeated failures in school, 
or repeated failures in work or not being able to get a job or not being able to hold down a job. Workplace harassment, so persistent or subtle mistreatment at work, whether it's like connotations about, you know, a particular subject, um, not being treated equally or fairly. Um, Family conflict, this is a really important part of the trauma work is if you're having frequent and intense conflicts within the family system, this is a little trauma, right? So you are in a, not being able to experience your full sense of safety and attachment in your family, and that really does need to be addressed. Emotional neglect, so lack of emotional support during critical times, not having anyone there, just constantly being neglected emotionally. You know, that peer rejection, feeling consistently rejected by peers and friends. A divorce or separation. So parents splitting up can be impactful. What does that child believe about themselves? You know, and that child might be you. You've grown up and what do you believe about yourself because your your family didn't stay together? Chronic illness. So living with a long-term health condition. And I see this with women who come and do, you know, therapy around their endo or childbirth or chronic fatigue fertility issues, hormonal in, in imbalances, um, and with men too, especially that come in for erectile dysfunction or uh, particular experiences they've had with their body that it feels out of control for them. This is traumatic, a traumatic experience for them. So, you know, it, impact of trauma is not solely determined by the nature of, of the event, but also by the individual factors such as the person's age, support system, resilience. But what might be a big trauma for one person may not be as impactful for another and vice versa. But the cumulative effect of multiple little traumas can also have such a significant impact on an individual's well-being. So in therapy, both big and little traumas are considered valid and address based on the individual's unique experience and needs. Think of EMDR like organizing a messy closet. EMDR is taking out each item, examining it, deciding what to keep and what to discard, and then neatly placing everything back into an organized manner. With EMDR too, you also learn the, sc- the tools and skills to be able to start to self-process emotions. So when you start to look at a feeling that might be coming up, you get the tools to be able to go, okay, how do I then now manage this emotion and this feeling so I don't get re-triggered again? What, what is it that I could do? I work with EMDR with first responders. So police, ambulance, paramedics, uh, well, paramedics, fireys that come and they experience this particular trauma that may not have happened to them, but they're watching it. So EMDR is really powerful for that. EMDR is really powerful really for any experience that you have been through that is stuck in your body and you are not able to process. If you're feeling a little overwhelmed by all of this information and you're sitting there going, oh, beep. I have some trauma I need to work on. 
perhaps I didn't realize. Oh, no worries. What I would suggest is you get a pen and a paper and just start writing down. Big trauma, little trauma. What you think might be a big trauma, what you might think might be a little trauma. If that is too overwhelming and you feel like you don't know what's what, which one would be big, which one would be little, I would just like you to write down everything that happened to me that I don't understand, don't have an answer for, or haven't processed properly. Just write it out. Being able to build a therapeutic toolbox, you know, with resources like books and journaling and support groups, this is how you start to cultivate self-compassion, you know, by treating yourself with kindness, you would offer a friend, you know, perhaps adding in mindfulness practices such as deep breathing or guided meditation, going to therapy, finding the right therapist for you to be able to unpack some of this trauma for yourself you know being able to equip yourself with the tools for your journey makes the journey a a lot less pleasurable that's for sure most people come to me unfortunately when it is so bad for them they can't manage and I think about it you know like the analogy of going to the dentist most people fair to say, will go to the dentist regularly, get checkups, make sure that their teeth are okay over the period of their life, right? Some better than others, that's for sure. But you don't wait until all of your teeth have fallen out before you decide that I probably should go to the dentist to have a little look at what's going on. This is the same as therapy. I think it's so imperative that we take an audit, an inventory of who we are, of our life. And I bang on about this. And you're going to hear me, if you're following these podcasts of mine, you're going to hear me banging on about this. And if you're a client of mine, you've probably heard me bang on about this throughout our journey together. But it is imperative that we go back and we start from the very beginning of when we were born, and this is pre-verbal, right? This is pre-verbal trauma. How we were born into the world. How we were born into the world completely affects our attachment to who we are and our parent. And I'm going to keep emphasizing that because if you came into the world in a traumatic birth, let's say that you, your mum had to have a emergency cesarean, you were rushed to the NICU and you're in, you know, intensive care or in the NICU for a week or five weeks or six weeks or a few days, you from birth have been ripped away from your attachment. And even from a tiny little human that size, you start to believe that you were left or that you're on your own. And that's where the traumatic neuropathways start right? This is, I have no one, I'm on my own. And it starts basically from the moment you get out of the womb and you become into, come into this world. But also, as I've mentioned before, it does also have an impact if your mother, you know, didn't have an attachment to you while you were growing or the mother went through some sort of domestic violence or, she was going through any sort of substance or addiction abuse with you 
you know, that really does impact your, well, your neurotransmitters, your neuropathways and how you connect with the world and your attachment to yourself and your primary caregiver. So you go back and you do the pre-verbal trauma. You start to take an inventory of what the birth was like for you being born. The first two years of your life, what was it like? Were you were you breastfed? Were you not? Was mum there? Was dad there? Was mum on her own? Were there other siblings involved? How were you taken into the world? Did you have all your needs met? You know, did you have the basic fundamental? This is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is food, shelter, safety, connection, sleep. And so did you have these? Did you have enough clothes? Did you have enough warmth? You know, basically if that one of those are answered no, no, then your needs weren't met properly. And that can affect you later on in life. So you go back and you start to make an inventory of all of these things. And then you go from two to five years old. And this is what I do in my work with my clients. So we go back and we start to make an inventory of what it was like for you, your traumatic experiences, you know, on your first day of school. Did you have lunch? Did you have a uniform? Were you okay? Did someone come pick you up? Were you left there? You know, were you that kid that was in after school care every single day for every single day of your primary school, you know, your needs weren't met. That's traumatic. So you go back, we look at all of these things, we bring them up, we revisit them, we make sense of them, we EMDR them, we process them out, and then you start to recreate a healthy attachment to yourself not based on your trauma. And what happens is when you start doing this work and you start working on your trauma, then you start to have better balance in your life and you start to process things differently and you start to attract different people into your life and your work changes and everything changes around you. So if you're looking for some help and you're looking for a sign, this is it. Come and do the work. Trauma shows up in different parts of us different ages of us and it comes out in different ways with us oh that's good I like that (laughs) it's a bit of I'm gonna go back and write that down I like that and it does (laughs) it really does so I hope that this episode for you gave you some insight on the basic fundamentals of trauma and this is just touching the iceberg we're gonna delve deep into trauma in the coming weeks we're going to look at different topics of trauma and integrate them into different segments thank you for joining me today on our reflective journey through trauma and remember you know healing is a process it's recovery recovery is going back and picking up all the parts of us that were hurt or broken or left or didn't get our needs met and bringing them up to the here and now. Sorry, just whack my microphone. Bringing them up to the here and now. So until next time, please be gentle with yourself. Embrace the light within and keep navigating the shadows, the trauma that you are currently going through with a full heart of courage. I'm Belle, your host, and I will see you next week for another episode of Belle Knows Best. Bye, everyone.